Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, this is Kaylee, and thank you for listening to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. Today, we are talking about money. Yay! I love talking money, so I'm very glad you're joining me today. And specifically, we're talking about procrastination when it comes to your money. So again, procrastination, it's something that shows up in our lives, in different areas of our lives. But what I want to stress is that it is so important that we don't allow procrastination to enter our relationship with money or, you know, what we're doing with our money. So procrastination, it is definitely not something that we want to see happening when it comes to our money. And I want to have this conversation. I want to do this podcast dedicated to this topic because it's something I see a lot of. So I do see a lot of procrastination showing up in what people, um, you know, when we're having conversations about their money, procrastination is often sort of, you know, the, the underlying thing that's holding them back. It's they're taking pause. They're not taking action. They're not moving ahead with their goals. And for some reason, it's that procrastination is coming up. So I want to talk about that today. Thank you for joining. I think this is a really important call. Hopefully, or podcast and hopefully by the end of it I have everyone wanting to take inspired action and no more procrastination with our money no more um, I want to just start off first by saying I'm um, I completely appreciate that we are going through very unprecedented times right now with COVID and everything that's going on with that so I I can you know obviously respect that the financial lives of many have been impacted people are losing their jobs um, hours are being reduced. Um, um, yeah, hours, income, all that sort of thing. So I do want to say, you know, this conversation, and it's not to be directed, you know, necessarily when we're going through a challenging time like that, when we're going through a time like that, really what's important is just, you know, sort of hunkering down, getting through it, um, doing what you can to pay bills, things like that. Um, so really this conversation about procrastination you know, it's, it's when things are all sort of in order, progressing well, we're in a good place. And, and then when we have procrastination coming up in those instances, that's what I want to talk about. Um, so I just want to start off by saying that to clarify. Um, so first off, I want to start off with a, a little story about procrastination in my life. So I think we all probably can think of examples of things we're procrastinating on currently or have in the past. For me, it was to do with writing a book. So I love, 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 love books. And my daughter can attest to that as well. 
every time like I go to a bookstore I'm like browsing and wanting to buy more books and she she gives me like a lecture she's like mom do you still have books at home that you haven't finished yet because then you shouldn't be buying another book mom <laughs> so um love books and with that love is my desire that I've always had to write a book so I always wanted to write a book and now specifically you know I have this book in my mind and this book I'm writing and I'm actually I have started but you know, I was very much procrastinating on it. So I have this book in my head. Um, it's to do with women and their relationship with money. And it's, it's really about taking women on a confidence journey through this book. So by the end, they're feeling confident, empowered, um, engaged when it comes to their money. And that's the book I'm, I'm writing. It's sort of my dream to write a book. But um, I can tell you it wasn't easy to get started. And there was a lot of procrastination coming up for me. So, I mean, writing a book is a very daunting task because what happens is, you know, it was, you know, I sat down in front of my computer, you have the blank screen and you go to start typing. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, like I have to write a full book, like hundreds of pages. And, and all you're thinking about is that end product. And then it's, you know, when you, when your mind is going there, it's, it's daunting. It's like, where do I even begin then? And I can't do this. That's, that's too much. That's too big of a task. Um, so that was coming up for me. And then there were limiting beliefs coming up. So um, I, I, it goes back, I think, to when I was a kid. So I would write stories when I was in, I think it was like elementary, so grade like grade two, grade three, grade four. I liked writing stories, like when we had those assignments to do, and mine just happened to be very long. And what I found was when I look through my stories to see the feedback or what the teacher thought of it, um, you know, there was a lot of markings throughout the story. So I started to have a feeling that they weren't reading my full stories. So started getting these beliefs that, you know, maybe I'm, I'm not cut out to be writing stories. Um, and then in university, my first year of university, I had to take an English class as part of my program. And I'm very much, you know, an academic and, and focused on those A's and A pluses. And let me just tell you that that English mark was my worst mark in all of university. So I think with these the, these things that had happened in the past, it's those, you know, I'm not good at writing. I can't write. I'm, I'm not meant to be a writer. And that was coming up for me. So there's these limiting beliefs. And I think those are very relatable and, and transferable with what people say and what comes up with money is I'm not good with money. You know, it's it maybe something happened in the past and, and they decided because that limiting belief was just created from that one instance. So um, you know, that the English mark, I think it's somewhat subjective, right? Maybe my professor, <laughs> he just didn't like my style. Maybe another one would have. Um, but it's, you know, it's important to remember, though, that it's that limiting belief and letting it affect me. And it actually caused me to procrastinate in my own, you know, journey and wanting to write this book. I think the same can be said with people and money. But um, so that was what was coming up with me for me and some of the reasons why I was procrastinating. Um, so I'll come back to that and and my strategies to that helped me through that as well um, in a minute here. Um, but I want to go into the dangers of procrastination when it comes to your money. So I want to, you know, dive a little bit deeper into what that could look like if we are procrastinating with our money. You know, what is that? What's happening? Um, so what first came to mind for me was the confessions of a shopaholic book so i read all those when they were out um years ago and i thought it was so funny when she would you know get the bills in the mail and her credit card bills and things like that and she would just um hide them or throw them in the garbage and not even open them so 
at the time it seemed very funny, but you know, is that, is that out of sight or just throwing it away, acting like it doesn't exist? Well, that's not a good strategy to deal with. And that's probably, you know, one procrastination method um, when it comes to our money, but really there's no room for procrastination on debt. And it's so important that we aren't procrastinating when it comes to our debt, because what happens is we talk about compound interest as financial professionals and um, you know we can't stress enough how important compounding interest is but when it's working against us on the opposite end you know it's that much important it's that important and that much important to avoid as well so it's one thing for it to be working for us and growing our wealth but when it's working against us and it's growing the debt by having um, carrying balances on credit cards and um, those, you know, carrying a 18%, 19% interest rate. So procrastination on debt, never a good thing, never a good strategy, you know, to have that avoid head in the sand, throwing them out, not looking at it. I would not suggest that. So that's one of the dangers. Um, the, another danger is just having a doing nothing approach. Our money is actually losing value. And that would be based on inflation and how, you know, the erosion of our purchasing power. So if we take that approach of, you know, I guess how you can kind of see it illustrated or play out, it's that, you know, that scenario where it's like hiding the money under your mattress kind of thing. So if you're just not doing anything, you're sitting on that cash, not investing it, not allowing it to grow or anything, it's actually losing value because inflation is a reality. So it's the, you know, the fact that things we're buying today with our money you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, they're going to cost us more. So if we have $5,000 and we do nothing, have it sit as cash, in 10 years time, 20 years time, it's not gonna have the same purchasing power. It's not gonna be worth that same $5,000. It's not gonna be able to buy us that same basket of goods that it was, you know, in current day versus 20 years from now. So doing nothing, we're really actually losing value of our money. Um, another danger is missing out on the power of compounding growth. So again, compounding growth is such an important concept when it comes to our money, but if we're not doing anything with our money and we're delaying, um, we're on hold, we're waiting, what's going to happen is we're losing out on that potential for compounding growth because compounding growth, a huge factor or what makes that possible is time. So it's allowing our money to grow at rates of return over five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years plus. And the more time we have, the larger that effect is, the larger the growth is. So one scenario that I show um, in my presentations that I give, um, so usually I have the visual, but I'm gonna have to try to verbally get it across over the podcast. Um, but it's it's basically, so it's, you know, it's a simulated scenario, so it's not based on any reality or real people, but, um, it looks like this. So it's it's the idea of starting early versus starting a bit later. So in this, I'm using an 8% annualized rate of return for both of the people in the scenario. So first off, we have Sally, who started investing at the age of 19. She put away $300 a month until she was 27, and then she stopped. So she only did eight years where she added money. And then we have Susie. Susie started at 30. She put away $300 a month and she did that until she was 65. So she put away 35 years of that monthly deposit. So Susie started 11 years after Sally. So she had a later start, 
but she saved even longer, much longer. So instead of the eight years, she was putting away money for 35 years. And then on the following slide, it's, you know, the burning question of, well, who has more money at the age of 65? And you might think maybe at first thought it would be Susie who put away money for a lot longer and she put away a lot more money. But because of the power of compounding growth, it was actually Sally who has more money. So she has quite a bit more money. Her money is, you know, grown more than $140,000 beyond what Susie has. And she only invested around $28,000 that compounded and grew versus Susie, who had the later start. She put away more money. She put away almost $100,000 more than Sally, yet she had less money at the end of the day. So you actually don't have to save as much money if you get started early. So if that is not a reason enough, I don't know what else is. Um, that should be the, you know, the one thing that stands out. When I give this presentation and people see this slide, they're always, their minds are blown and they say, oh my gosh, I wish I would have started early. So again, I'm not saying though, if you're 30, it's too late. If you hadn't started at 19, I'm not saying that, but I just want to show the effects of starting at, you know, 20 instead of 30 or starting at 30 instead of 40 or 40 instead of 50 that same impact it's going to have. Um, what is another danger of procrastination? It's a failure to meet your goals. So if you have specific goals in mind, you want to retire, have financial freedom at a certain age, whatever those goals are for you, if you're not doing anything, if we're paused, if we're not taking action, we're not getting any closer to what we want, to what we want to achieve. So again, you'll have to put away even more money if, you're, if it's a matter of you're just putting on hold, you're pausing, you're not taking action. Well, then do consider that you're going to have to put away even more if you start late. So that's not helping you at all. It's not helping you reach those goals. So let's get started early. Let's not allow any procrastination to come into the equation. So what are some strategies? Um, so back to my writing story and writing the book, I was procrastinating. So what did I do to work through that procrastination? Well, I hired a coach. So she's the expert in her field. Um, she, she's a published author. She's amazing. She's kept me on track. It's been a game changer for me to work with someone like that. Who This is her job. This is what she does great. And it's having that person as a partner in my corner with her area of expertise really helped me get going, get started. Um, and I broke it down into manageable bite-sized goals. So I was listening to a podcast by Rachel Hollis and she was talking about um, writing a book and giving some tips for people that want to write a book. And she took the approach of, okay, you know, if you're writing this type of book, it would likely be this many words in the book. And then you can decide, well, what is the time frame I want to get it done over? And then you divide by that time frame and you get a daily or weekly number of how many words you have to write to make that goal achievable. So I love numbers. So for me, I was like, oh, okay, did the math, found out what that equates to on, you know, a daily basis or a weekly basis. And I was like, yep, I can do that. So I broke it down into manageable size goals instead of saying, whoa, I have to say, you know, create a whole book. It was, no, I just have to do this on a daily basis or on a weekly basis. And that is how I will get to that goal. So the same can be said with your money. Instead of saying, whoa, I need a million dollars or whatever that is. Depend I mean, it's always different depending on your retirement goals. But instead of being like, whoa, like that seems 
too much, too big. Well, how can we break it down into bite-sized goals? How can we say, well, can you put away $500 a month? You know, what, what's comfortable? What feels good? And then what happened for me is when I got it to those manageable goals, um, I got a writing coach in my corner helping me out. The experience went from stressful and that procrastination to exciting. And I was inspired and I was ready to take action. And I would, I'm excited when I get to sit down and write. So I turned something that was, you know, something I was very much in procrastination mode on to something that I'm taking action on. I'm taking steps forward. So I think the same things can be said with money. So what are some strategies? What can we do with our money then? Okay. So first off, I would say start by um, always paying off your high interest debt first. So if you are um, dealing with some high interest debt, if you have some of that, I would say first goal is to pay that off. Um, so again, visa debt, credit card, any credit card debt that's at high interest rate, pay that down first. Okay, so that's step one. Next, what are some strategies then for dealing with procrastination moving forward with our money? We'll start where you are. Instead of saying things like, you know, when I get this raise, then I'll start putting your money away. Or when I get this promotion, you know, that's when I will get started. Um, when I read this book about investing, then I will do something about it. Instead of using those statements, because those scenarios and those, you know, when this happens, then this, those could take months, years, who knows. But we need to be started. We need to work towards those goals now. Again, compounding interest working for us. We saw the scenario of starting early versus even waiting till we're 30. And, and the difference it made from starting earlier, um, it's huge. So start where you are. Instead of using those, when this happens, I will do this. Do whatever you can where you are. And then when those things happen, maybe it's, okay, but when I get that promotion, then I'm going to increase what I'm putting away. So you can still have those when this is going to happen, but still be doing something today. Um, anything is better than nothing. So if you're, if you're thinking, okay, Kaylee, you know, all I really have left at the end of the month that I could probably put away as, you know, long-term savings or towards my retirement goal, it's maybe $50 a month. Well, then I say, then, then do it. Then put away that $50 a month because anything is better than nothing. $50 a month is better than $0 a month. It makes a difference. Anything makes a difference. So whatever it is that's manageable, feels good, that's possible, do it. It matters. It doesn't, it's not irrelevant just because maybe the number's not as high as you wanted it to be or other people at your age are able to do. That's not the point. It's that anything is better than nothing and it will work and grow in your favor and it will serve you. Have a disciplined strategy. So that's another um, suggestion I would give is make it disciplined. We have a lot going on in our lives. We're busy. We have families, we have work schedules, we have hobbies, we have, you know, exercise routines, and we're, we're putting it all, we're doing it all, we have these big to-do lists, don't give yourself another task, don't say, okay, well, I have to remember to put away that $500 every month, and, and sometimes, you know, it, it slips your memory, and you don't get it done, and so don't give yourself that extra step, have it disciplined, what do I mean by that? Well, let's say you get paid on the 1st and the 15th of the month, then let's have an automatic, um, you know, deposit or automatic 
deposit into, let's say, like a retirement savings account or an emergency bucket, that that's automatically happening. So your paycheck goes in, and then there's those automatic deposits going into these different buckets that you have allocated. And have that just happening all the time. So any bank you're with, any financial firm can set that up for you. So it's that discipline strategy, takes the guesswork, the, the extra step out. You don't have to do anything. It's happening for you. Um, another thing I want to talk about is money mistakes. So oftentimes what's holding people back of moving forward or taking action is maybe a mistake. Mistake, I guess they call it or you know something that they've seen happen to them maybe themselves when it comes to money um, a family member a friend you heard about it through someone else but it's that it's holding you back you're maybe not willing to move forward because there's fear of because of a bad experience well for that I say we need to move forward it's about time you forgive yourself move on um, I always ask people, you know, what's the best money decision you've made? And what's the worst money decision you've made? And most people, I mean, everyone gives me an answer for the worst money decision. So we all have those moments where it's like, nah, maybe I shouldn't have done this. Or, you know, that wasn't the best place to spend my money. Or, or maybe you invested in something and it didn't turn out the way you had intended. Instead of, you know, dwelling on it, causing it to, letting it cause us to stop and not move forward, we have to forgive ourselves. We have to move past it and use it as a learning experience still. You know, don't you don't have to forget what happened and make the same, you know, do the same thing again. So you still use that learning experience, but don't let it, you know, paralyze you with that fear of not moving forward. Um, give your money time and attention. So I would say we spend a lot of time on things in our lives, like planning, and um, we give a lot of time to certain areas of our lives, but we don't give much time and attention to our money. So we spend so much time and energy earning an income, um, but we don't really give time back. Um, in the days when people were planning vacations, so before before COVID, um, let's say planning a vacation, and you know people spend a lot of time planning a vacation. Maybe it's a one week vacation, but they're they're doing online bookings, they're planning what they're going to do every day, they're doing internet research. There's time that they're putting into planning. We don't give even. I would say we. I would argue we often don't even give that amount of time to our money. So give your money time and attention. Um, a past podcast episode I have called Money Mindset. It's a great one to listen to if you haven't. We have special guest Jolene, Jolie sorry, on that call. And Jolie talks about you know, picking up one topic per month for couples to discuss on a money topic. So pick a topic, have a set time, and talk about it. She talks about having a money date. Um, so set a time, put it in your calendar, and it's a money date where you talk about your money or you spend, if you don't have a partner to talk about, maybe you're just spending time on a, a money task that you know you need to deal with that you've been putting off, but you've allocated then specific time for it because we need to give our money time and attention. It deserves it. We work hard for it. Let's give back to it. Um, be open to learning. So if some of the procrastination or the hesitation in you is that fear of the unknown holding you back or, you know, I'm, I need to learn this before I'm willing to move ahead. Well, then do what it takes to get there. Because again, it's not serving us pausing, stopping, not taking action. So if it's like, you know, I need to learn a little bit more about this concept, then what is it you need to do to learn? Do you have to reach out to someone and ask a a professional, for instance. Um, another um, 
you know, scenario I could give you, or another idea that would work is um, if you're looking to just learn more about money, then maybe it's that you commit to reading one money-related article per week. So one personal finance or money or investing type article per week. That's a five to 10 minute commitment per week because maybe you first wanna learn a little bit more or along the way um, while you're investing or while you're taking action with your money. So there's an idea. Be open to learning, take some steps to get there. Um, what else? There's a lot of strategies. <laughs> um, have goals. So have these goals, sit down and really think about what are my financial goals? Give them time, plan that out, and then break it down to manageable steps. So just like I did with the writing, when I broke it down to manageable steps, I was more you know, eager to get started and do it and actually take the steps to get there. So you'll know when you hit that manageable step point because you'll, you'll feel excited and it'll be like oh the possibilities and you you know you're like yeah let's go let's do this but if if you're still like if there's still that kind of friction you're feeling you're not really moving forward like you would like to then maybe you haven't broken it down enough into a manageable um piece what's realistic for you <clears throat> sorry um what's another idea we'll get an accountability partner so if you know you're you're having trouble moving forward, um, taking action, achieving, reaching, you know, striving for those goals, have an accountability partner. So if it's, you know, if you're, if you have a spouse, a partner, maybe that's the perfect person to be your accountability partner because you're in this together, you know, you have joint, fi joint finances, so you're kind of on each other's team and, and you've got each other's back. Um, but maybe you don't want to do it with a partner. Maybe you, you know, see a friend, um, family member, someone like that, that you think would be the perfect accountability partner to keep you on track when it comes to your money. So maybe say to your accountability partner, hey, you know, make sure you don't see me getting more than one Starbucks a day. You say it to your work colleague or something like that. That's something, a goal I'd have. I kind of scale back that Starbucks budget, but just something like that. So you have someone there that's, you know, hold, that's looking out for you, holding you accountable. And, and oftentimes we need those, those other people around us being that support and there's nothing wrong with it. And there's probably people in your life that would be happy to be that role because we want to see each other succeed. We want that in life. Absolutely. So reach out to someone, say, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. I want to really, you know, grow my um, financial freedom bucket. And this was my plan on what I want to get to by the end of the year. Can you be my accountability partner and make sure I'm sticking to these goals and achieving, you know, my, my weekly target or my monthly target. Um, what's another strategy? Teach your kids about money. So that early or that scenario I gave with someone starting at 19 and someone starting at 30, I would say that oftentimes, you know, the scenarios where someone really is willing to start at the age of 19, oftentimes they had, you know, parents and mentors in their life that were very, you know, adamant about getting started early and they gave them some guidance and they helped them out with that. So if you have children, commit to teaching your kids because then that, that scenario of starting at an age of 19 or in your 20s, it's very realistic if we can kind of teach our kids along the way, they're probably going to be more inclined to do it if they, if they have that you know, knowledge and have learned about it and know the value of, you know, what that could translate to and what it could mean to them. Um, I also have an episode called Raising Money Savvy Children. So check out that episode if you want some ideas on how to teach your kids about money. And finally, last strategy I'm going to give you. So enlist the help of a professional, financial professional. 
So again, in my scenario of wanting to write a book, I sought out a coach who's an expert. This is her area of expertise. She was able to help me. Again, it was a game changer for me. So I probably would have spent the next five years, 10 years saying, I want to write a book. I want to write a book. I want to write a book. And maybe not taking action, but it's like you get that person and it's you have that partner in your corner. They're helping guide you. And there's something about that that just helps you it, it makes it feel more possible you have someone on your team you're like yes let's go let's do this so you don't have to do it alone um, that's why financial professionals exist and that's what they do and what they're here for so if you find yourself you know trapped in that well I was planning to do this um, at, you know after I, I learned this strategy and that then then maybe I'll get started and maybe I'll take a do-it-myself approach and but if you've been saying things like that for several months or even longer then maybe it is time that you just say hey you know, I might need help from someone and there's nothing wrong with that. And it's, it means that you're going to get some support. You're going to get someone in your corner. There's nothing exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. We could all use some support and having people, you know, cheering us on, helping us get to where we want to go. So you don't have to do it alone. Um, so those are all my strategies. Hopefully something stood out to you, resonated with you, inspired you to take action. I'm all about taking action as I say at the end of all my podcasts and I'll stress too at the end of this one, because we were talking about procrastination, it's, you know, what is one action that you can take now after listening to this? What can you go away and do that's going to have an impact? Um, that's going to take you out of that, you know, feeling of stuckness of not moving forward and get you inspired and motivated and feeling good. So let's feel good about our money. Let's be positive. Let's, be happy about it. Um, so that is my, my, you know, goal and dream for you. So hopefully you feel inspired now and, and something resonated and you want to go away and take some action, go do it. I highly suggest take some action. Um, reach out to me if you need any more suggestions on taking action and your own maybe scenario and what, what you might you want to do next or, or what comes next. Yeah. What, what you want to start with, where you want to go from here. Um, I am always here to help as well in your corner. Thank you so much for listening today and I will catch you next time. I hope you found value in this episode. And because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much, and I will catch you next time.